Mindful Surfer podcast with myself, Will Foster, and my co-host, Liam Morgan. Hello. Liam, what is the news? Well, How the new- are you? I'm all right. I'm suffering from a little bit of a cold, I okay. think, which I never really get, but I'm trying to work out whether it was the water quality yesterday <laughs> yeah. or I've just got the sniffles. But no, I'm good. Surf was up yesterday, wasn't it? Dude, uh, dude I love that you sound, <laughs> you sound, and this is, I mean this yeah. in an endearing way, you sound like my grandpa. That's a great, I love that you said yeah. the surf was up. Oh, it was great. So yeah, I feel pretty good actually. Spent three cold hours in the water trying to sort of improve because we all know that's my, that's my shtick at the moment. But uh, no, it's fantastic. So all good. All good. What about you? What's the news? Have you recovered from your, um, your scooter wipeout? Yeah, I have. I really have. Like, it's amazing the paradox of bruising because obviously, you know, which we talked about in last mm-hmm. week's episode, smashed my hip, was definitely out of the water. Um, as the bruising's got worse, I've increased in mobility. So it mm-hmm. looks horrendous yeah. right now. It is like, it's just a giant. Well, it's quite likely to happen in Devon. That's well, it, it, well, it is actually. <laughs> and yeah, so it's a lot better. It's a weird one, actually. And this is it's actually worth sharing because, you know, I've got a lot of um, mm-hmm. experience dealing with injuries with clients and things and and myself included i've had a lot of injuries to list them now would take an entire podcast and the thing with injuries is when you have soft tissue injuries like an impact injury they're more painful at the beginning Mm -hmm. oftentimes Mm -hmm. but they're easier to manage because actually if you just get it moving it does help it a lot yes so as long as it is just breathing if you've got something going on with the bone or you've actually torn ligaments or you've That's or there's nerve issues going on. That's much more um, sort of about being mindful to how to balance and get back in mm. and things. With, with an impact injury, like a whack yeah. on an elbow or a hip mm. or a you know, dead leg or that, those yes. kinds of injuries, as soon as you can just about get moving, you want to get back, get back in, get back in the game because it helps it. It helps the blood flow. Well, the advice is to move now, isn't it? If you really have is. these injuries, to, is, rather than rest is, is mobilisation. This is it. Yeah. And not necessarily move... With loads of painkilling mm. gel, because that's a bit of a mistake some people make is mm. to kind of go, oh, well, I've got, in- got an injury and then I'm just going to, you know, lather it in yeah. ibuprofen gel or, or, or um, what's the one? Oh, Voltarol. Voltarol. Quite a few nasty little side effects that come from those. So Get, get on the CBD. CBD. Or, um, there you go. We've got to get magnesium. someone off for that, dude. Well, do you know, again, in the surf, I, you know, I'm, I'm sort of following a lot of people. A lot of the, uh, going back to the momentum generation guys and some of the Aussies as well, really pushing quite interesting CBD products. So it, it seems to be a big thing because it's natural as well, I guess, you know, and if it helps, um, it helps. It does. I tried it. Yeah. Didn't get a huge amount of benefit from it. Mm. Didn't get on with it. But from what I've read, mm. which isn't extensive, but I've read a bit, is it affects people in different ways. Yes. Some people can be wonderful. Some people yeah. doesn't have a, as much of, a, of an effect. But yeah, let's get someone on. I mean, I think the thing with CBD is it's growing in massive popularity yes. and there's always going to be some small mm. or large grain of truth in, in you know what it's professing to better do yeah. well um, we'd love to hear anybody that's having good i'd like to hear about it actually because you know my list of injuries is as long as uh, will's arms <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah i'd love to if it's working i've tried bits of it for my back and my um, uh, and, um, i didn't know you'd done that yeah, it's pretty good actually. Is this just it was smoking to, a joint, or do you actually? No, no, no. I don't do things like that. It's it's more about the uh, the oil, the oil oh, that you can get. Yes, you can you've rub, got like the a topical oil deal. Yes, presentation. Yes. Yeah, I think it's pretty 
pretty good. I think when I'm when I'm crippled with more arthritis as an old man, I'll be definitely knocking back the doobies. <laughs> be legal by then probably it's going that way yeah cannabis is going that way and it's a bit of a bizarre one how cannabis would still be illegal and alcohol you can just go and drink and drink and drink. And, it, and of course the argument with that is well yikes you look at statistics yeah. of what alcohol does yeah versus what cannabis does mm-hmm. and it's not to say that cannabis hasn't got downsides it's not addictive and things like that but blimey riley I mean, alcohol, it gets treated very differently yeah. by society, doesn't it? It's probably more dangerous. I know. Hey, we've gone down a rabbit hole there. Ra- we're rabbit holing, dude. <laughs> we're doing it a little bit more each episode. Yeah. And on next week's episode, <laughs> we talk about the drug trade. Yeah. No, so what, um, should we enlighten everybody to what we're, um, what we're discussing today? Yes, what about? we're actually going to talk about. Let's actually get to that. We're going to go through how to um, remain calm and well, even when people... Mm-hmm getting in the way of your surf joy experience the amount of times you get to go surfing etc yeah um and this is kind of people out of the ocean we put it into two compartments number one people out of the ocean and various facets within that number two people who are actually in the ocean Mm -hmm. who who get in the way so let's go through the first one this is people out of the ocean we've got this kind of a b c so a the people who could get in the way of that would be family and friends yes people in your life in that way Mm. and i'll reveal a little insight myself straight out the gates on that one and it's about being able to go surfing mm. right now we all have uh this thing called called time uh, 24 hours of it within a day and, and no one gets any more so we're all trying to manage it the best we can and so much of that management is about um finding a balance in being able to do the things that that we do mm-hmm being productive. Mm-hmm. So you, you listen to this, you want to do work, you want to get your chores done, things like that, but you want to find yourself some me time. Mm. And being a surfer, I can probably guess your main me time thing that you like to do is, is surfing, oh, right? Yeah. So when I say to my wife, I'm, honey, I'm off surfing, I'm in a very, very fortunate position that A, I was born a selfish mother yeah. and I'll go anyway, yes, <laughs> regardless of the consequences. And B, she's mindful that it's what makes me happy. Yeah. Now, Someone from my family, I, I can almost see my mum, you know, looking at me right now from outside this window, which we're sat in, in this recording studio. <laughs> it's a good job there's no phone in here. Well, quite. Cause you, cause you, yeah. <laughs> and on the line, we have Will's mum from yes. Devon. Uh, she'd be like, uh, Will, um, yeah, so what about Al's me time? <laughs> so you've got yours, and what about Al's? Now, this is where people would judge me. Mm-hmm. And I've had this... For years, I mean, even my best man in my in his best man speech about me just absolutely tore me a new one. <laughs> in his first four lines, he's like, "Well, yeah," because my wife's called Alice. Mm-hmm. She's like, "Well, yeah, you see, Alice, you know, she's been, mm. you know, she's like, well, it's this. What was his joke? I'm trying to remember. It was like, oh, come on, Will, I'm, let's go down to the coast so I can go surfing, and that was the gist of his joke. And of course, it was a complete piss take because it's me that goes surfing i'm trying to work out what the joke was it's very simple but my brain just won't allow me to do it right is now. It, i mean there is another line in that about how to choose partners based on your hobbies totally you know uh, in the early days and if whether you're looking for man woman dog uh, whatever you kind of somebody to share your life's interests and passions with it's a really good test isn't it in the beginning about how accommodating and i'm very lucky as well we both have very understanding partners who indulge most of the time our passion for the ocean, right? Certainly, you know, I've, I've found that myself and we're going to talk about blockers. It's not always perfect because it's about give and take, but the test for me was driving around in a car that would never start in the morning, wet mornings in January around the coast of Cornwall, probably about 20 years ago, no, 18 years ago. 
with my now wife. She was really happy to sit in that car. And because the straps were sort of breaking the seals of the door as well, nice. before the roof rack at nice. the time, to hold the board on. Um, she's freezing, sat reading a book while I was attempting very badly to surf places like Senan and, and kind of the, the north coast of Cornwall, while at the same time knocking on every farmer's door to see if we could get a jump start or a tow. <laughs> <laughs> um, she was so good about it that I thought, here is my life partner. When it comes to wanting to get in the ocean and not being a, a blocker to um, that joy, yeah, I knew that I was on to a really good, somebody who it created balance in my life, so... Dude, and that's the tr- same for you, right? Wise choice. Yeah. I think that who we choose to potentially spend our lives with, mm-hmm. we are going through that, what we call, it's like the surf partner test mm. of, you know, how is this going to work? I'm going to definitely want to spend that mm. time totally over there in mm. that body of water, mm. separate from them. Mm. How is this going to go down? It's a good test, isn't it? And I think yeah. if you're listening to this and maybe it doesn't relate to you because you might not be in relationship, there is still going to be, Friends and family yeah. that in some way, shape or form potentially kind of get in the way of your surfing. So really, this is about kind of how do we manage that? Now, I want to ask you a question, Liam. Mentally, emotionally, how mm-hmm. do you manage not being able to get in when friends or family have kind of got in the way? Well, I'm much less selfish than you are. <laughs> <laughs> well, so straight out of the game, num- Liam is just a lot nicer. Number one. This, 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 generally, this podcast is, will the... C-U-N-T and Liam, the, you know, really nice guy who, you know, uh, if, follow if, Liam's if, advice, if, not Will's. If you're a little less down the scale, we could be good kook, bad kook. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Um, no, uh, I think it's just having balance. And, you know, it does get in people get in the way, but we get in the way of each other. I'm sure I get in the, my surfing gets in the way of other people's desire to do things or organize things and so i have to think about it like that so to be very grateful speaking from a mindful perspective Mm. to just be really grateful of the times i can get in i do find myself working angles and trying to work Mm. around how do i trade a little bit of time energy or whatever Mm. for that time to spend in the water Mm. so that's the kind of how do i open the gate to allow me again i'm blessed that um there is no guess sort of objection ever to me Mm. surfing obviously apart from Christmases and birthdays and weddings and that sort of thing. But broadly, the freedom I have in my to do that, I'm very grateful for. So I'm not sure, you know, how do you deal with those that people that block? I mean, this is not a marriage or relationship advisory podcast, is it? But there must be an element, right, of partnerships are all about compromise, give and take, mm. sharing. The interesting one, Will, I don't know if you've, is what would happen if you were, what if you're both into surfing? It's an interesting dynamic, isn't it? And almost at different stages of your surfing. Yes. Or indeed, you're both surfers, you have kids. Yeah. And so somebody has to, especially when they're young, what I love is seeing so many families surfing together. That always makes gives me a great joy to see that. And there's, there's a few people I see surfing as families, and it's fantastic. But where does that go Dude, as a blocker? Totally. You've got that. You've also got the surfing children. Yeah. So you've got a surfing partner as well as yourself. Yeah. And surfing children. There's some big factors there. And I think maybe sometimes even surfing clients. Yeah. Because you see, you start to kind of go into this and what people are going to want to do is Mm. share Mm. and experience the same kind of joy they see in you. Yeah. And they're going to want that for themselves, except they're going to be at that stage in their surfing journey and you're Mm. going to be at a later stage. And that's a challenge that. For now. For now. Especially with kids. Well, we're we're quiet. And then before they know it, they're asking you to come out of pipeline or something. (laughs) Yeah. But um, yeah, that's a challenge in, in of itself. And I've been out with a surfer my wife and i um broke up many years ago 
for about a month mm-hmm. or so. And I went out with this girl who wanted to get into surfing. She was already surfing a bit. Mm-hmm. It was quite challenging, actually, mm-hmm. because she really wanted to, to get that jaw getting out the back and, yeah. and, and getting some bigger waves mm-hmm. and, and couldn't do that. And then kind of just got a bit fed up and sat on the beach. And, you know, maybe we could have gone around the corner to a smaller wave, but Will being Will, now I'm talking about myself in the third person, which in itself is a bit weird. But um, I would just, yeah, being selfish, oh, no, I don't want to surf these waves. That was a, well, let's be honest, that just wasn't destined to last, was it, from the, from, from the get-go? I think if you're taking your own board into the water at that time rather than yeah. pushing someone into a wave, yeah. you're, you're, you're on the hiding uh, to nothing. Yeah. But I think, I think it comes back to being, just knowing that it's okay to be selfish. I think that it gets a bad rep that... It's not only uh, a judgment in of itself. Mm-hmm. Oh, you are selfish. Yeah. Well, that's just a judgment in itself. That's just an interpretation. So everyone's entitled to their opinions. But of course, opinions are like assholes. Everyone's got one. So not only is it just an opinion, but also investing in yourself in that way, it could be argued as the most selfless thing mm-hmm. to do because you're being the change you want to see in the world, which is more happy people around, mm-hmm. people who are investing in themselves and realizing that actually there's only one person truly who can ever take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's you. And that's maybe where some of this first key point about Mm. friends and family boils down to. You know, if you feel as if you're losing that balance in the other direction, like Mm. you're giving away Mm. your time Mm. and energy too much, and it's taking away from your surfing, Mm. just have a moment to yourself to reflect on that and see how you can maybe grow in in what we call assertiveness or courage to be able to to know when to say no, when you know when you need to kind of really take back and give back. Because the more you give back in that way, the more that you are going to be able to give out again authentically. It's, it's, it's like a phone. It's like if you yeah. put it on charge, yeah. that your charge yes. is your surfing. Yeah. If you put it on charge, well, then you can go use it again because yes. there's battery in there. So I genuinely get this from surfing. Yeah. I feel like I've been put on charge. Do you get the same kind of thing? Uh, you know, I could not agree more because you sort of nailed it. And I was trying to articulate that. Is that you're putting investment into yourself, which you bring out with you, and then that spreads you know, it spreads out into the other people. So if the people are blockers, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a deeper thing here, isn't there, about eventually it's about compromise. If the closest people to you, I'm not suggesting this as kids, by the way, because they need your attention. And, a little bit different. <laughs> uh, uh, but but the, if the people around you have your well-being as well, the front of mind, then that recharging, that whatever your passion is and provides you the chance to recharge with, then no sense of maybe I'm naive on this. No sensible person would ever really um, block that because the stoke that comes back is worth the time given. It massively is. And so, yeah, I, I'm a better person after I've been surfing mm-hmm. than than I am before, in a way. Honestly, it's so true. Do I remember who said that? But it was on Riding Giants. Ah, one right, of the interviewees, yeah. yes. people being interviewed. Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. An interviewee? Yeah. Someone being interviewee. Inter- yeah. interviewee. Yeah. I'm, I'm quite impressed. We with might that. have to get ourselves I, a few of those. We might have to, absolutely. Um, and he mentioned that exact same mm. wisdom. I think a little bit of self-deprecation and a bit of self-poking doesn't mm. do a surfer any harm. Yes. And when Al's mum, who doesn't criticise that I go surfing a lot, but being my wife's mum, has her daughter's well-being mm. in mind, obviously, mm-hmm. and thinks, well, her husband goes surfing quite a bit, mm-hmm. leaves his dear wife to tend to the kids and all this kind of stuff. So she'll have her perceptions about mm. what I get up to. It doesn't do me any harm poking fun at myself, you know, when, I'm, when I can see they're on FaceTime together yes. and I'm like, oh, Carolyn, you wouldn't believe it. Al's been surfing again. <laughs> oh, it's been such a tough day. 
how's your day been? Yes. You know, like it's almost just like poke. I found it's, it's quite beneficial for my therapy yeah. just to poke fun at myself a little bit, just to keep it aired out mm. that I do go surfing a lot. Mm. And I do like to take care of myself mm. in that way, because in a way it kind of, well, maybe it's just my ego. Maybe I'm just care too much about what people, people yeah. think of me. Taking out judgment, because sometimes you're placing that on yourself anyway. Mm -hmm. And that then becomes, a. it might not be that those people are blocking you doing. Mm. So when we talk about what out of the water, who's stopping you going surfing? Well, when it comes to family and friends, it might not be, but your own guilt. Well said. Uh, or, or perception of what they think. That is one. Liam, you've come up with some lovely insights as I look mm. at the moon. We've got this lovely moon view out of our, our window right now, haven't we? Oh, the weather's been spectacular. Oh, it's been stunning. Crisp, clear. Really cold and crisp. But that is one heck of an yeah. insight, dude. Thank you so much for raising that. That's helped me just personally. Yeah. And yet we're doing this wonderful you, no, doing this podcast. It's just great. But that is such a great insight because it's it kind of like a paradox, isn't it? Yeah. Is that we create this perception inside of our own head that could be totally made up. That stops us from going yeah. surfing, almost like a self-sabotage. Oh, no, I mm. must, I won't go surfing because I know people don't want me to go. Well, do you know that to be true? That's a great one, dude. Because ultimately, if you do come out recharged, why would the person not want oh. you to go and do it? You know? 100%. And yes, yeah, self-sabotage, self isn't it? It it's is. It's that kind of your mind doing exactly that. Yeah. Oh, like I mean, making it up, basically. Yeah. And then being a martyr to it. How many surfers mm. in this world have been martyrs <laughs> walking on seafronts around yeah. the globe where partners or friends or family who, who have said, no, no, we're sticking to this thing. And then you've gone, oh, all right then. And you've you got know. a sore neck looking over your shoulder, looking at the waves as you walk. <laughs> you, and then you get in the car and you're stiffer than you would have otherwise been. Liam, that reminds me so many times when my dear, dear wife, and I'm yeah. better today. I am. I, I do poke fun at myself, but I'm better today. Where we've had conversations on seafronts Mm. about 20% of the words she's saying have been going in <laughs> as I've been just sort of half looking at the way, looking at the ways, looking at the way. Well, bless her, she's talking to me. I am better today. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're trying to do, isn't it? We're all just trying to get that little bit better than we were before. Yeah. There's no comparison. <laughs> there isn't. There's no comparison. There's no like, if I was to compare myself to someone like you mm. or another great friend, uh, someone like Ollie, mm. a friend of mine, I feel pretty bad. Yeah, he's nicer than you too. Because he's nicer than me too. So I'm way down on the nice scale. So you've got to never compare uh -huh. yourself. Well, what do we say? Comparison is the thief Comparison of joy. You taught me that one. I love it. Comparison is the thief yeah. of joy. Let's go on to B. Yeah. This is out of the ocean people who could get in the way of your surfing. B, it could be to do with work. Mm. Now in that, it could be someone who leaves you short staffed, mm -hmm. where you have to pick up the pieces. Mm -hmm. It could be that you've got to pull extra hours for mm -hmm. whatever reason. Mm -hmm. It could be that your boss is saying, no yeah. to that bit of time off. Mm -hmm. You know, let's say you want to have a week's holiday and there's swell mm -hmm. or whatever. I mean, there's loads of things that yep. work can do to get in the way. Mm -hmm. How have you managed? Well, work is a big block. That work everybody. aspect for you, yeah. Go I on. think, you know, everybody in this world, give a bar and a few, who have to make a living, there will be loads of times. I do all the, you know, I sit sometimes at work and look at the surf cam. <sighs> oh, well. <laughs> and it's just about balancing What's important, because without that, as so for mm. the vast majority mm. of us, it's a chain, isn't it? There is, without the work, there is no income. Without the income, there is no, you know, and not this kind of absolute pursuit of, of cash, but we live in an economy that needs money to oil all of the sort of mechanics of it to make it go around. And then that starts on a personal level where you need to work to, to kind of uh, feed the family first and, and then buy surf kit second. It is an inevitable challenge. Mm. I think it's just... As we were saying earlier about recharging, and I would say this to anybody as I advise people in work and coached careers for, for a long time in my 
sort of life is that if work is getting to a point where it's in the way of any of your joy in life, you're in the wrong job. Mm. And some people, they have no choice. You know, we, we, we kind of have luxuries in some of the careers that we do that we can go and find something else. Or, But if you have to find some release, I, I think, from the pressures of whatever it is you're doing mm. to feed feed families. And, you know, I could go off on a whole tangent about how the water and surfing and just connection with land and the ocean would be good for everybody that has stress or issues in their in their life and that's a totally different and we'll probably come back to that another point but for me that if it's all one thing and not the other then the, the balance is wrong completely so. i completely agree i think also it's um... hey i hope you're enjoying the podcast if you want to follow us on social media you'll find us on facebook or instagram at the mindful surfer podcast where we'll share updates on how to keep your mind calm your body energized so you can get the most stoke from your wave riding experience. Now, back to the podcast. That surfing, you, you're getting released, you're getting time mm. in nature, mm. you're working on your craft, a yeah. thing you love. It's a love, it's a passion, mm. and it, it's, pretty, it's actually spiritual. Mm. It runs pretty deep on most surfers. Completely for me. Now, are we going to get that from a workout or a yoga session or a surf skate? session mm-hmm. are we getting the same stoke out of those as we would us a, a great surf mm. probably not mm. however if work's getting in the way could you go for a surf skate a yoga session mm. go for a workout mm. and still do something because mm-hmm. i think a lot of surfers black and white things they go well if i can't surf i'll just go home mm-hmm. sit on the sofa and get dinner you know get dinner mm-hmm. done and mm-hmm. just watch telly yeah whereas actually so much of the stoke you get from surfing is the endorphins exercise blood flow yes. blood flow to the brain yeah. so it helps clear your mind just the feeling like you kind of you're doing something totally separate to sitting still mm. or thinking thinking i think what happens to humans is we we're so cerebral we're so thinking mm. about the future think about the future think mm. about the past think about mm. the future it's going on and on and what mm. exercise does it really puts you into that present moment again yeah. it can help you release the shackles of of those yes. worries it's kind of accepting that what's going to get in the way of surfing sometimes it, it's and be- see if you can find a, a second Best option yeah. that could at least give you a bit of stoke. Yeah. Go for a swim. Anything like that. Working on your paddle. Well, I mean, obviously there's some different, but you're working on some of the muscle fitness that you will require. And certainly breathing and your you familiarity with, the, with water. You know, that recharge that whatever that gives you, mm. energy expense gives you, you take in. And there are alternatives, but I'm a bit the same. You know, surfing for me is that kind of spiritual, I'm a, you know, I kind of channel my inner hippie and it, the ocean really has something special that you can take out and it can last for a for a good long while you know that as long as there is a another then there will be mm-hmm. another point when you will go surfing you can anchor yourself in the present by some of the good stuff you've taken out of the ocean big time and all of those negative ions that come with that that's, again big that's time. another topic that we cover about the really? science of why nature and surfing and that sort of world is so good for the body the human body really really good it also relates to flow mm. And I talk about this in my book. Flow experience is when you're totally in the moment mm. and time flies, like mm. just flies. You might have perceived that you, you had a surf that lasted mm. an hour, whereas mm. actually it was three or four. This is what flow yes. is. Flow is where you go into the timeless matrix yeah. of the now, now, now. Mm. And, and you're so in the moment that you don't even think of time. And this is one of the, the, the big things that happens in surfing, but in life as well. So what I want to relate this to is, obviously we go surfing and we have uh, the challenge of riding waves, mm. okay? But if we have enough skill mm-hmm. to meet that challenge, we enter flow state. 
if we have too much skill for the challenge, it's a bit boring. Mm. It's not challenging enough. Mm. It's quite hard to enter flow mm. at that point. Mm. Equally, if the challenge is too high, so the waves are too big or mm. steep or whatever, mm. it becomes overwhelming and we lose flow as well. So flow is always that sweet spot in the middle where it's a good amount of challenge, mm. but you've got enough skill to meet that challenge. Now, mm. the thing about this is that as surfers, what can happen sometimes, I know I'm, I can do this, is we get very much like, that is where I get my joy. It is just surfing. Well, the thing about surfing that makes it so joyous is we go into flow so mm. often. So we don't think about life at all. So mm. we just feel happy anyway, mm. because there's a lovely saying, which is, I didn't know I had a problem until I started thinking about one. So the point is, when you go surfing, if you go into timeless flow, there is no thoughts. It's just surf, surf, water, ocean, barrels. Da, 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 da. So there's just no thoughts. So mm. you just feel happy anyway. Mm. The thing is, if work is getting in the way or family's getting in the way or whatever, can you find a sport that can give you flow as mm. well, that doesn't require the waves to be mm. on, doesn't require you to be living mm. near the ocean, it mm. doesn't require work to be... Mm you know, playing ball, etc. Mm. A real classic one, mm -hmm. do you know an absolute classic one that's doable? Mm. Um, it doesn't require loads of kit. Mm. Most people get into flow when they mm. do this is ping pong. Yeah. Ping pong is a really famous flow state energizer because it's immediately doable, mm -hmm. even for fairly low skilled yeah. players because it's such a small little yeah. bat, it's a small yeah. little ball, it's a very small mm. table. It's not like normal tennis. Mm. Normal tennis is a bit more overwhelming mm. for mm. beginners, but ping pong, you're just straight in, mm. But it's also really challenging. So you have to really concentrate. So yeah. you can get some amazing, um, just complete flow state very quickly from something like even ping pong. There you go. It's probably why surfers love it. You're, you've yeah. seen how on the tour, they're always playing ping yeah. pong, ping pong in between yeah. sessions. Have you yeah. ever played See, ping yeah, pong? Yeah, I'm, I'm all right. I can knock a ball around. <laughs> Whiff waff. And then also the improvements come very quickly with, not to obviously not talk about, and by the way, Matthew Saida, if you haven't read any of his books, he really like Matthew Side. World class ping pong player. Was and, he? Yeah, I mean, I mean, you could go into this and oh, talking about how the circumstance combined with practice in his book Bounce. He's not paying us to plug this, but I have to say, because you know, it's happened. You know, to get him about on. this kind of practice makes perfect and, you know, try, whatever you want to do with, with yourself, mm. whether it's mind, body, uh, stoke, surf, whatever it might be, the bits that you have to put in are practice, but then it's the environment you're in as well. So Bounce is very, really interesting. He's a fantastic ping pong player, but he also writes lots about that kind of attainment of um, excellence and what you have to put mm. in to achieve that and that anybody can do that in the right with the right sort of conditions, equipment, practice and support, and then passion for that sport as well. It's wonderful. Um, it's amazing what we're capable of. Yeah, but ping pong, there we go. As an example... It makes me think of all those holidays where I'm just suddenly in this little matrix, this little zone, mm. standing in my board shorts in between surfing. Maybe I like ping pong more than surfing. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey. Actually, be... let me reflect on this. Yeah. Liam, I'm off. I'm cancelling the pod. I'm going to go and play the ping pong. The mindful ping pong player. The mindful ping pong player instead. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's just fi fine alternatives to, to your surfing if work gets in the way from my standpoint. Yeah. From yours, Liam, if, if work doesn't, then just quickly, what as a takeaway, like an example, have you mm. had a situation recently where work's got in the way of your surfing and how did you deal with that? Yeah, I mean, work got in the way of my surfing for 20 years. It's <laughs> 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 taking me 20 years to deal with it. I mean, honestly, I think it did. To, you know, when I first, going back to talking about those days of driving around uh, Cornwall you know, with, you know, rotten spark plugs. And uh, when I first met my wife, and when you talk, again, going back to this kind of concept of people blockers and pe or people enablers. 
you know, 21, 22, I had um, just a bag of clothes and a surfboard and a stereo system. That's what I had. And I was still, you know, I was working. And but then, you know, you start to do better at that. And you kind of career takes over and all of the kind well, of... Well, hang tra- on, slow, tra- slow down, slow down yeah. one second. That doesn't just happen. Did you get to a point where... You knew you loved surfing, but you yeah. started taking on the work thing. Was yeah. that a thing? Yeah. That, conscious yeah. decision? Yeah. I mean, there's been lots of sliding doors moments in that, right? For me and my. <laughs> I didn't mean of, to interrupt yeah, you there. Yeah. But I just wanted to. Yeah, not completely. You know, we used to. Um, you know, I took as a job as a as a rep just to enable me to go to be able to drive down to the North Coast on a weekend. No, I, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, go great times, good crowd, surf and party, and you know, it was they were happy days. But yeah, I mean, you take a job and if you're not by the ocean, you work at that job. If you get better and you start to sort of look at investing in family and building a life Mm. very suddenly. And this is what we talked about in one of the early episodes about what's a surfer. And, you know, in my mind, I was still a surfer and I still Mm. wanted to surf. Mm. But in reality... I was doing less and less time in the mm. ocean. And in the early days, with before, before kids and before it becomes really intense, you're able to take yourself out of that sort of um, built environment and go and sit by the ocean and or go away somewhere and surf and or spend time swimming in the sea or whatever sort of, whatever fix you can get. But then eventually the time becomes less because you have only the weekend to escape. Mm. Uh, it becomes very much harder. The conditions are not always there, are they? And going back to my point on Matthew Saeed's book about you can only get brilliant at something if you practice, the practice had gone. So, mm. you know, as I say, coming back to re- being re-elected as mayor of Town, you go from getting to a point of um, advancing, no, no point, any mastery. I was progressing and then stopped. And so when I come back to it sort of later in life, mm. the choice was to live by the sea as well. You know, when we're looking at, enabling something to happen you think well you know you talk to yourself for years and years about what is the passion you're pursuing mm. uh, and it's not just about surfing it's about the goodness that comes from the ocean the, mm. the, the effect it has on your mind and your kind body, of people it attracts the people it attracts again i'm a very connected to the ocean when it comes to that kind of what does it do for you when you talk mm. about what does it do for you then you, you sort of do the thing that you intend to do 20 years ago but i think anybody can do that Mm-hmm. I think it's a choice, you know, mm. and I spoke for years about, uh, you know, I'm going to go back and live by the sea and, you know, I want to be in the ocean more and, mm-hmm. you know, that's my place where I want to want to be and, mm. and eventually did it, <laughs> but it just mm. probably was not as soon as I thought I would. Yes. Uh, I'm sure a lot yeah. of people could empathize yeah. with that and with that story. Well, I also would put out there is to say that there is never a good time. So if you, totally. if, from my learnings from that, if you want to do it, I think just as long as you can step off, just step off and do the thing that you love doing, you want to do. Completely. And there's a lovely Joseph Campbell quote, which is when you follow your bliss, yeah. the universe will open doors where once there were only walls. That's great. And if you just follow mm. it, mm. there's some wisdom in that. Yeah. And it seems to just work out. Yes. And that's, um, that's interesting. Just one before, because I think also it's uh, getting too deep, but it's completely linked to the sort of surf, surf blockers is that particularly when it comes to work, you've got to bear in mind that uh, the people sometimes that you're either teams or colleagues or their agenda is not to enable you to surf necessarily. Mm. That goes into all of the other blockers is that, you know, only you can do the things that enable you to chase the passion that you have the other people around you are not going to enable that for you because it's not in their interest necessarily. Completely. So what we're really saying, Liam, is 
find a boss who's a surfer. Yeah. Because <laughs> then you go, uh, boss, can I? Yeah. Uh, yeah, sure you can. Yeah. The ways are on. Can go. I borrow your board? Can I borrow your board? Absolutely. <laughs> well, maybe there we go. And we will be submitting our CVs to all major surf outlets. Yes. And uh, Mr. Slater, if you're listening. It actually makes me think, yeah. you know, it must be amazing. You can work at trying the ranch. To be, well, dude, can you imagine? But can you imagine working at, I don't know, Quicksilver headquarters, if you were opposite that epic beach or whatever. Hey. Trying to get work done. I mean. I'd love to hear about it. They'd have to be on some, the unbelievable rotation system of spontaneity. Because, you know, surf's like, oh, it's suddenly on. Yeah. Everyone dashes off. But then it was the meeting that they had to do, the the board meeting or whatever. That would be, I'm sure it'd be great to get some guests on who work in the surf corporate world. Yeah. Because actually it may seem so glossy and wonderful. Like, oh, he works for Hurley. Isn't that great? Well, yeah, it's a job. Do they walk the talk? Well, exactly. What is the Hurley lifestyle? Yeah. What is it actually to work for Hurley? Yes, mm. Hurley would produce all these advertisements that make it look, yeah. oh, this is the Hurley lifestyle. But actually, you know, what is it like to work for them? And, that, you know, to, you know, get those kind of people mm. on because that'd be good insight there. Well, comment or send in some mails or whatever. We, I would love to see whether those businesses live the, yeah. live the sort of brand, if you like. Live the brand, yes. And, and can you run a business if you do that? There you go. Great question. We'll cover that in another episode. C. So this is A, was friends and family, B, work, C, this is this is potential blockers to your surfing of people, that is. Uh, and C is society. Mm, judgment. At large. We discussed this before recording today, the podcast, that there's still probably, now this, this is only a guess, mm. but still probably a perception that surfers are bums, mm. they're lazy, and that's just for kids, like mm. grow up kind of thing. It's the grow up bit sometimes. The grow up. Sort of thing. From non-surfers. Big time. And I think that um, it's only when you are a surfer, mm. truly, and you're really mm. hooked on it, that you start to see that actually it is about doing that thing that helps you feel young. And really, it's not even feel young. It's actually to feel timeless. Because really, truthfully, if we're getting yeah. deep on this, we as humans came from forever mm. and we go back to the same. Mm. So when you go in the ocean into this this totally natural environment where you are, I mean, ideally free from labels, mm. you know, although, you know, then you get labeled shoreboarder, yeah. longboarder, whatever, but in an ideal situation, you go into surf, a surf mm. situation and let's be honest, one that's uncrowded as well. Yeah. Would kind of really be this yeah. in its purest form. The purest bit. Yes. Think. Is that when you're in an uncrowded surf situation, you're free from labels. People could then say, well, you know, oh, yeah, you're releasing your inner child, you're reconnected. Well, you're just so present that you are realising kind of who you really are. You're a being. Yes. You're not what you do. You're not what you achieve. You're not what you own. You're not what car yeah. you drive. You're not what people think of you. You're a being. And so people might see it as like, oh, that's just going you know, to grow up. Well, mm. actually, I think that's the, one of the most, if not most mature thing you could do mm. with your life is engineer one that connected to who you really are. And don't give a shit what other people think of your passion. Mm. And, you know, within the walls of what's, you know, not hurting other people. But somebody said that, you know, that point there, Will, about human being, we are too busy. And I wish I could uh, give the right credit. We'll look it up and maybe put it in the notes. But this idea that we're actually, a lot of the time, human doings. 100%. Doing stuff. Or human buyings, actually. In this (laughs) Human buyings. Yeah. We're not human driving drivings whatever it is we're not we're not being and surf allows you to be for me anyway and i speak for a lot of people who sort of get their stoke in the ocean but yeah comments of society about uh i feel it when i skate sometimes and i shouldn't you know my early 40s and you think i got skating with the kids and obviously you can go oh yeah i'm, I'm skating with the kids i find myself making those excuses 
But who gives a shit? Do what you want to do that gives you that joy. And surf does that. And like you say, the timelessness of it, the great things it can give to you, whether whoever you are, the ocean's not mm. judging you. It's the people judging. And that's in the ocean as well. But um, more people, surf, my idealist, more people could experience the, gr- the benefits of the ocean. Mm-hmm. Uh, the better society would be. I totally, yeah. totally agree. And to drop all that judgment shit as well. Yeah, mate, totally. Mm-hmm. I think there's another part of the society bit, which is that, you know, some people listening to this would, would, would travel to waves mm. from cities, let's mm. say, to the coast. This is often a misperception. What someone who comes from a city to the coast may perceive is that people will be judging them mm. for being a bit of a kook mm. and being down from Bristol, Manchester, London, wherever. Yeah because you're not a local, mm. that, you know, you're not welcome here, all that kind of old bullshit that we get in surfing. And so that might stop some people mm. from really not only enjoying their surfing, because I'd be thinking, oh, God, I'm not, everyone's mm. judging me and I'm not very good or whatever, mm. but it's sometimes even going down there mm. because they may feel so affected by what people think of them mm. that they might not even go down because mm. they think that, well, what if I'm a kook and I'm mm. travelling from way down? I don't, I don't want people to think that mm. I'm a kook. Mm. Basically, but then let's be honest, what is a coot, dude? Yeah. We're going to be talking about no, this. we will. It's getting that inclusivity back into it, you know, where everybody should be welcome. In crowded breaks and lineups, obviously, that kind of creates, you know, can't, you know, there's so many people in there that it creates its own. But there's a lot of ocean. If people can get involved without feeling that they are judged, um, but you're absolutely right. Some of the judgment comes from within the surfing community. Why shouldn't we welcome all, all comers to the, to the ocean? everybody's on a different journey, reason for doing it. And so from the great stuff that's been done around adaptive surfing uh, for people with disabilities or or to kind of inclusivity of getting uh, non-ocean, you know, people who don't live by the sea to experience the benefits of it. It's massive. And people, you know, the Wave Project doing fantastic things there. So, yeah, I think that's it. Getting away from that societal pressure to not do something that you love is is massive as well. Big time, dude. Really good. Um, We'll go on to number two now. So that was kind of what we covered there. Mm. First part of this podcast today was the kind of how people out Mm. of the ocean Mm. can potentially block, Mm. you you know, your Mm. joy or your ability to Mm. actually surf. And two, it's people in the ocean. Mm. So we're going to cover here, we've got kind of this A, B and C, three kinds of pockets of people within the actual ocean itself that can potentially block our either joy or ability to, to actually even surf itself. And A, it's crowds. I think this is probably the one that, most people listening go, yep, nodding. <laughs> Surfing is incredibly fun and anything like that is just going to keep growing. Mm-hmm. And there ain't no slowing it down. Mm-hmm. Although I will say something before we really get into how to manage yourself, your mind, your body, you know, emotionally mm-hmm. around crowds and how to still get the most out of your surfing. Before we go there, there possibly is a little bit of a myth around mm-hmm. this idea that crowds are getting worse and worse and mm-hmm. worse, which is that, dude, if you look back at... Um, Surf movies from the 70s, mm. 80s, 90s. You mm. go through the eras of yeah. surfing. I can recall all top surfers or even locals within those movies mm. who were interviewed. I mean, you even go back to the Gidget era. Mm. Uh, is it Gidget? Was the, um, she was the girl that was in the surf movie in the 50s. Do you remember the talk? Mickey Dora mm. stuff around Malibu? Um, it's worth looking yeah, to. Yeah, Mickey yeah, Dora's autobiography is fantastic. Yeah. Mickey Dora is a very famous Malibu surfer from the 50s and 60s. But even then, he was saying, oh, it's getting too crowded, right? So... You've got to go, is surfing actually getting more crowded or have surfers always focus on basically the downsides 
of surfing and therefore created a misperception, a bias perception, which says, oh, the waves are really crowded these mm. days. Because let's be honest as well, this is partly a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. If I go in to my surf life going, oh, I better be crowded or oh, the crowds keep pissing me off. Well, you'll probably find that because we tend to become drawn mm. to what we're thinking about mm. and what we're focused on. Mm -hmm. And if you have a mindset that's very open, yes, you're still going to experience crowds. Mm. But if you're open to just, oh, I bet I can find a, a nook, you'll probably find it. And yeah. I think it's about being mindful of where your focus is at when it comes to crowds. I'm, I'm not saying for a second that I like crowds. I'd way rather surf yeah. on crowded surf. I think every surfer in the world would agree with that. I'll give you an example. Yesterday, about how I managed that. So yesterday, it was getting more crowded at our local break. Because mm -hmm. um, you, you, you was in a bit later on, weren't you, in the end? Yeah. Surf-wise. Um, I had some family blockers. That some family <laughs> but I <laughs> leapt over the hurdle. And, uh, and in I went. Liam, you did. And into, you dealt the, with, into the crowds. You dealt with it very mindfully. Your, your WhatsApp message of... I'm having to be the mindful surfer right now. Was, <laughs> so it seemed apt at the time. Yes. Life being life, getting in the way. But yeah, so I was in the sea and was, was getting more crowded. It was getting more crowded for a reason. The spot that I was in was picking up a little bit more surf. Mm. Inside of me is this kind of inner voice of like frustration. I'm not going to be able to get as many waves and it's quite a, quite a lot of kooks around and all that kind of stuff. By the way, what is a kook? I mean, we've got to keep saying that. Every time I say kook, I've got to say, winner, what is a kook? But we're going to come to that. I'm a completely self-committed kook as well so <laughs> listen we will come to yeah. it because it goes beyond that it goes beyond that but the point is anyway so i was in the sea and i'm experiencing these frustrating thoughts and then i became aware of them mm -hmm. and that's been a practice it hasn't come overnight but in being aware of my thoughts i'm like okay i'm having these kinds of thoughts mm -hmm. and in being aware of them i don't assume my reality is fixed mm -hmm. basically I'm not living in a fixed experience at that point. Oh, mm. it is just crowded. Mm. That is a very black and white thing the mind likes mm. to do. Of course, when you're mindful, you're mindful that there's always choice. Mm -hmm. And the choice is you can go swim, you know, paddle further down the beach, or you can even just decide to get out. Yes. Or you can just decide to accept it, carry on, mm -hmm. see what waves you can get. Mm -hmm. There's always choice in a mindful surfer. Mm -hmm. So, I just, oh, having those thoughts. And I just, I just paddled down the beach. The irony in the end is actually I picked up loads of waves mm -hmm. and it was it probably looked actually for me mm -hmm. like I was getting a better surf than yeah. people down the other end. So it's a very obvious thing to talk about this mm -hmm. when it comes to crowds, which is just avoid them as in go further down the beach or decide to not go in for a bit until mm -hmm. it gets less crowded or, or even if you do go in, accept the crowds. It's all very obvious stuff, but we forget this. Yes. When we are like pumped to go surfing. Yeah. You know what it's like? You're super excited. Da, da, da. You get to the beach. Mm. You maybe not surf for a while. You've been, it's been busy at work. You've mm. been a bit tired. Maybe you've had an injury coming mm. back from. You get there. It's crowded. Mobbed, yeah. And we as surfers can really empathize mm. with that. You know, mm. you finally get there. It's mm. crowded. So let's be kind to ourselves first mm. and foremost that we can be like that as people. We can sort of jump to this conclusion. Oh, it's going to be shit because mm. it's crowded. Well, I can understand that. Give yourself mm. that permission to be human. And then let's be mindful of those thoughts and mm -hmm. see what the option yeah. is. Right? I think you came in yesterday when it got... It was busy you for me. You got in when it was crowded Because I yesterday. don't like crowds. Um, there's a lot of the people I knew in there, so that makes it easier. You know, because my worst... I mean, worst for some people, it's a surf dream, but my surf nightmares are places like Pipeline. You know, <laughs> smashing reefy waves with massive, gnarly crowds, you know. That's just not where my joy is. 
And um, the, I was looking actually at the uh, Magic Seaweed's five most crowded waves, which I can tell you we put it. Ooh, um, go on. Pipeline. Yeah. They think is. Uh, Pipes just, way up there. And freakishly Snapper. good. You're right. Maybe this could be a pop quiz. Yeah. Can I have a go? That's number two. Can I have so a go? So pipe one, snapper two, snapper rock, snapper two. I'm going to go D bar, Gold Coast again. Three, Huntington. Lower trestles. Damn, lower trestles. I knew it would be. Always. I was going to put trestles in there. That's where the wedges at trestles as well, isn't it? Right. Up there, somewhere oh, around you, that. Just California, Newport in general. Yeah. Although um, the wedge is not on here because I would. Number two, snapper. Three, lower trestles. Lower trestles. And then four. It okay, could sorry. be Le Gravier, Hosegor. It's not in Europe. It's not in Europe. Really? It's not in Europe. Do you know, they're saying here, it's the first, maybe this might need updating, the first wave on our list not to feature a world tour event. Oh, go on. The first point, Malibu. That makes sense. And, and oh, wait a second, number five, Uluwatu. Well, these guys have got canoes in Waikiki. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, that would be crowded. That's unbelievable, dude. That is like an absolute, it's, just it's a straight chaotic fun bus of every ocean-going bit of equipment you can imagine yeah. going for mellow waves. And it's kind of cool because I think you... It says exactly that. You should work for Magic Seaweed, Will. <laughs> you, you're likely to go on tourists, surf schools, beach boys, yes. sups, yes. families, outrigger canoes, catamarans. Oh, what floats they're going to stick in at canoes? Holy crap. Yeah, I mean... I... Well, I just don't go in. <laughs> no, totally. But I've got a friend, dude. I've got a friend who, yeah. who lives... Sorry, he did live for a number of years... Mm. Uh, five minutes walk from Snapper Rocks mm. in Oz. And I mean this truthfully, although people would mm-hmm. contest it till the end, if you, you know, that kind of surfer. I'm happier living here with crumbly mm. mushburger waves that are cold mm. than living by Snapper Rocks. Surfing to me is catching waves. Yeah. Being around friends, being in nature, getting a good workout, um, working on my craft, however difficult it can be to work on that craft sometimes when you're going three miles an hour down a Mushburger way versus 25 miles an hour on a snapper mm. bomb, which is barreling. And listen, obviously, I'd love it if I could get a snapper, you know, with just a few mates. Yeah. Or at least it's just a bit of a crowd. Mm-hmm. Often. Of course I would. Yeah. To get the barrel of my life and just do mega turns and all these kind of things. Of course, but I think that it's what you value, isn't it? Yeah. Let's kind of make this point about that. It's about what you value as a surfer. When it comes to crowds and how you manage yourself in that way, I get blocked by crowds because I value surfing a crummy wave mm. without a crowd more than I do an amazing wave with a crowd. And I think you're the same, aren't you? I completely agree. Yeah. And it's a bit like, you know, I was just walking along the beach today and beautiful with the light that we said in yesterday's surf. And you say you can travel the entire world, and there's lots of quotes on this kind of theme, only to realise that what you have on your doorstep is where the joy is or, you know, that's where your heart is or whatever it might be. But when it comes to surfing, particularly for me anyway, of a sort of, you know, current ability levels, you're saying, you know, what am I looking for in my surf? Mm. What am I looking for in the wave? Where is my joy? If you can find that joy somewhere that doesn't have a name, if you like, then that's always for me the preferred route and where it's less crowded and where you can get all of the things that the mindful surfer leads you to, for me, to, to want to be. Don't get me wrong, I'd love to go and check these places out. I'd love to go and see people surfing top of their game and to see, you know, you know, see people on the tour taking on these massive um, waves in super crowded spots. But I'm always would channel the inner sort of peaceful, quieter surf in a range of conditions, but mostly in that sort of really nice balance between power and, and enabling you to get into that place of flow, but where you are not impeded by lots of people 
competing. Totally. And it, ma- it makes me think of one of the implications of crowds, which is, you know, what level of surfing are you at? Mm. Because often where it's crowded, let's say on a stretch of beach, yeah. is where it's better, if not best, in yeah. the area. Yeah. And if you're an intermediate to advanced surfer, you're definitely going to get more mm. flow mm. experience out of better waves because you're going to mm. have to focus more. You've got, yes. you got the skill level to, yeah. to meet the challenge mm. that we discussed mm. earlier. And so you may not really want to go down mm. the beach and surf, let's say, mm. or around the corner or let's, somewhere yes. else where it may be mushier, yeah. less powerful, yeah. et cetera. Because you may know deep down mm. you're going to have more fun trying to hustle in that crowd mm been surfing a, a really shitty wave. Now, here's the thing. This is just about value systems. I mean, for that me... That might be where someone's joy is, is that hustling, that... And that's fine. You know, that really cut and thrust of a busy lineup. Busy lineup, having to work your way through yeah. it and try and pick up the scraps yeah. you can pick up. If that's you being the mindful mm. surfer, then that's great. There's no right way. This is never what this podcast mm. is about. It's about what we're doing, really. It's kind of just bringing awareness into your surf yeah. life. That's it. Mm. And that awareness will come up for you how it comes mm. up. And there's no right way yeah. for that to be. It's just I, that you figure that out yourself. Hey, hope you're enjoying the podcast. If you want to make sure you never miss a show, head on over to themindfulsurfer.com, sign up to our weekly newsletter, and we'll update you on the latest shows. Now, back to the podcast. A was crowds. B, locals. Mm. And we're talking about difficult locals, mm. who you know, notorious faces. Mm. Now, yesterday... Yesterday is a good example of a few things, actually. Yesterday I was surfing at point... Point break. Point break. Uh, point X on the beach. And then I noticed a certain person who was coming in the sea. Now, at that point, and when this certain person was coming in the sea who I recognise from the beach, I just paddled down the beach. That was part of what my decision-making process was in the end because I knew, not for definite, because obviously I can be proved wrong like anyone, but I knew at that time that it was wise for me to just just move down the beach a little bit and possibly be able to feel a little bit calmer by not surfing near mm. that person. Mm-hmm. And that's no judgment on this this person that I saw at all. It's just a self-management, um, mm. wanting to continue to enjoy my session mm. to the best degree that I, mm-hmm. that I could. And we make our decisions in life and we make our judgments, don't we? Yes. What's your take on that, dude, when it comes to locals and certain mm. people? And I mean, for me... For me- it's always two things. One is more about the how welcome you are in the lineup. You know, it depends mm. how local it is. There are some breaks, certainly around Cornwall, that you just, my level, go in and surf necessarily. And that's not because I don't want to at times. It's because of just the atmosphere or this, the kind of people that are in at the time. And that's their issue, not mine. <laughs> you know, Maybe sometimes that's a perception. You know, I, I think the localism thing is uh, is at times tricky and we have to balance that. You know, when people come into the ocean, it's a kind of, it's a balance between the mindful surfer, welcoming, joy for all, and also then bringing that through into surf etiquette, right? Because there is an etiquette also that even as a mindful surfer, you either have to follow or you are hoping that others follow as well to enable that flow. It's, al- it's almost twofold. I think that some people don't want you in there at the point that they're surfing and the break that they're mm, surfing because mm. who doesn't want to hog the waves to themselves? Not very many places like that that I experience on a sort of regular basis. Sometimes that is wrapped up in ego as well, mm. is that this judgment that comes. I, I personally find that, you know, there's a sort of judgment sometimes within some surfers about others, whether they're not good enough or shouldn't be in there and, and so on. And, you know, there's enough way for everybody if you get the right place. So I think locals can be an issue. It can be off-putting mm. as a non-local to go to go to certain breaks. This sort of then demand that everybody's, 
these sort of very hungry eyes. Am I saying that? Is that a Patrick Swayze quote as well? <laughs> From hungry eyes looking at We're you. Hungry or, yeah. eyes. <laughs> but you know, you, da, da, da. <laughs> it's a judgment there. And you know, we talked earlier about sort of wanting to surf like no one's watching. So try and close off to that judgment but we're all human beings, right? So as we say, when you're talking about the mindful surfer, I'm sort of therapy for me and you, I guess, as well. And it is therapy. Trying to switch off to what people are thinking as you're trying to take off on a particular wave or what manoeuvres you're completing. um, So locals is is an issue, but I completely hear what you're saying. You know, people are smashing it and, you know, going for every wave and they're ripping and they're sort of almost fin slashing at you, show you who's boss sort of thing. And then people who are sort of in the way because they don't know what they're doing and they're kind Mm. of, so it's all of that combination. Tears. That's why I search for quieter waves all the time. Yeah, I think if we can have it ideal, we search yes. for quiet kind of every time. And then, you know, obviously the real world kicks in. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and we have to deal with, with lineups. And there's a point that I wanted to raise. And it's, it's about the aspect of, of mindfulness, which is sort of being present and removing mm. judgment mm. and labels and all that kind of yeah. stuff. And, and just being able to accept people and et cetera. You've got that, which is being mindful. Mm-hmm. And then you have the past. Mm. And the past is the years and years that certain people have spent mm. riding certain spots mm. over and over and over and getting to know. Mm. Those locals, mm. which we'll call them, would start to say that that is their wave. Mm. Now, is that totally mindless is what I'm trying to ask. As in, is that just completely ridiculous to ever assume that you have any any kind of ownership or right or justification mm. to be higher up the pecking order mm. in a lineup? Well, actually, I would argue yes, mm. because tribes that we are, you mm. develop these tribes and hierarchy, it keeps an order mm. to things. It keeps people humble. Mm-hmm. It allows for, um, ideally, a structure that can allows for the ebb and flow mm. so that sort of locals get more waves. Mm. People who are coming in from, from out of town, yeah, sure. wherever, sure. might have to kind of surf slightly more on the inside, yeah. but out of a sign of respect, mm. etc. But at the same time, you know, would I want to be that surfer mm. myself? You know, would I want to be the surfer mm. that gets pissed off with someone just because they're from out of town? when they've maybe even waited for a wave or whatever, would I want to be that guy? Mm. I don't think I would. So do you know what I mean? I wouldn't want to be that classic mm. local ever. I'd far rather be sort of open and compassionate than I would turn into Same. that grumpy local yeah. surfer who's yeah. this idiot. What I'm trying to say is that there's a balance in what I'm saying, hopefully, mm. is that I'm not discounting you know, how some locals mm. can be. And I'm not, and therefore, I'm also, what I'm not doing is judging just that I wouldn't want to be like that. It's eventually on them, isn't it? I suppose. And yeah. How you you can only control how you you are yourself. Yes. Not how other people are. Totally. I'd love to hear about that as well. Experiences of that kind of thing, because if it puts people off, as I said, there's enough ocean to go around that you don't have to go to those spots to enjoy surfing. Mm. Go to you know you can go to other places. I think that's the key, isn't it? And, and it's but if you enjoy that hustle, that cut and thrust, and maybe the younger me would have. That's where you find your place, like anything. Big time. Find your place. Big time. Absolutely, dude. It's really good. This is something I didn't know because, you know, We Leave a Point Break is a classic movie. You know, just a lot of fun. The original I'm talking about. I didn't know this. We're talking about The Mindful Surfer. That Tyler, in the film, explains to Patrick Swayze's character, Bodhi. And we'll put a link to the site I found this on. The Bodhi's been named... So, because it's short for uh, bodhisattva, which is a term in the Buddhist religion, meaning an enlightened being Mm -hmm. who out of compassion foregoes nirvana in order to save others. 
So Bodhi means awakening. Oh. I never knew it was that deep. There you go. There you go. I mean, that movie, it seems reasonably shallow. Although there's pretty, some pretty deep lines in there. Dude, let's come up with, come on, you know, point break quotes. Let's see, you know, if we can bring up a couple of mindfulness point break quotes for today. <laughs> we'll round off today's episode with, with that. Who maybe. knew it was such a deep film? Who knew it was such a deep film? There you go. There you go. C. So we've done A crowds, B locals, C. What we've got to see with how people can get in the way of your surfing is kind of, you've got kind of two extremes of people at times in lineups, which is one type of person which is kind of ultra competitive and then the other which is an ultra kind of kook, beginner, and both come with, a un- with their own yes. unique challenges. I've got to tell a story yeah. that relates to this. I've got a great friend of mine, Tiago, who is a very competitive surfer in the best kind of way. He's a very mindfully competitive surfer, mm-hmm. as in he just loves the hustle of it, mm-hmm. going for it, kind of almost paddle battling mm. to, to a degree, although he would probably deny that right Leash now. Leash pulling. Well, yeah, but yeah. Well, well, that's the thing. He, that, yeah. that's, that's where he's really good because right. he, he doesn't ever take it to, to an annoying level. He, yeah. just, he just really, really into it. And he would stop at nothing at going into really crowded lines. Mm. He almost prefers it. This is this guy we're talking, yeah, guy yeah. or girl we're talking about yeah. in this, in this thing. It's about being mindful of just you being mm. authentic. So it was one summer, I think it was last summer, maybe. Mm-hmm. No, summer before. And he's like, I've just bought a brand new board, 600 quid. <whistles> Tiago's like, no, dude, let's surf here, which is Croyd, just a break on the north coast of Devon where we live. And it gets crazy crowded. I'm surprised Croyd wasn't on that list. Croy gets crazy crowded in the summer. Uh, we should look at UK crowds. Let's look at UK crowds. I was like, no, no, no. I want to go to Saunton or, or Pottsboro somewhere else. Get a more uncrowded wave. He's like, no, come on, come on. Because Croy looks really good. Against my better judgment, I said yes. So immediately I'm going in the ocean with quite a sort of negative mindset. Because I was thinking, oh God, I really don't want to be here. Why the hell am I doing this? Going to be dealing with kooks, with crowds, with this, with that. It was like five minutes into the session and the beginner didn't know which way he was going. I, I said to him, I said, which way are you going? Which way are you going? And eventually he just bailed his board, threw his board out of the way. It goes flying into my board, puts a, mm. a, a real decent three-inch gash mm. right in the nose of the board, brand new. I've been, mm. I've been using the thing 10 minutes. And for me, it was a real lesson in, you know, follow your deeper judgments when it comes to like life yeah. in general, let alone surfing. Because I think if I'd followed my, you know, authenticity and said, no, 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 I'm just going to go here. I think I'd, mm. I'd have been all right. But I think I took in a, a negative energy. Mm. I think anytime we do that, it's not going to go well. Because you're already in the wrong mindset. Follow your instinct. Follow your instinct, absolutely. Yeah, I've done the same. Interesting, I broke a board at Croyd as well. Did you? It wasn't me you ran into, was it, Will? <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> you look familiar. Wait, you um, do look Really, um, dude. So I was wearing my American president's mask. There's another. <laughs> uh, so no, I did. Going back to when I owned my, I've still got the board actually in the garage. It's an old Gulfstream, another one. And I took the nose of it out at Croyd on a bank holiday. Never go surfing on bank holidays. That's my own. <sighs> but, or if you're going to go, go, there's always an uncrowded beach you can find somewhere. Yeah. Or if you're going to go into the crowd, like we talked about already. Get a foamy. It, it could be, well, dude. Totally. And also just accept it if you do find yourself in a crowd. Yeah. But the point is, we, what we've got here is be mindful if you found yourself surrounded by really competitive surfers who are really, really good. And also, well, not even really good, but just really competitive. Yeah. Love getting loads and loads yeah. and loads of waves. Or the other end of the spectrum, people who, who are clueless, who don't really know what they're doing. Be mindful of accepting people the way that they can be. Because it's very, very easy to get frustrated with them, isn't mm, it? It is. I think my observation on this, and maybe controversial, is that there's an element for me that some of the most judgmental surfers, and I'm talking about people who comment on the wave conditions, comment on kooks, comment on other people, 
are often in this sort of bracket themselves mm. where they're not aware of their own abilities totally. <laughs> of surface. Totally. And it's a bit like kind of, it's almost, a, I'd liken it to, you meet sometimes the uber famous mm. and often the really nice people. It's and a then great you, point. you meet the, not all, in case people from like EastEnders start writing in, you meet some people who are a little bit less famous, but it creates almost an anxiety and a hang up that they have to project that onto other people. Mm. So it's there's a place where there's a sort of judgment that comes from people who aren't, you know, we're not talking about Kelly Slater and Rob Machado and um, Kalani Rob and all of it, Shane and Dorian and all these guys who could level judgment, I guess. We're talking about pretty average surface <laughs> judging others. Uh, and they're the worst towards some of the sort of, let's say, kooks, kookier elements out there. Completely. I find that troubling sometimes. I totally agree with you. And I think often it comes from wanting to put someone over there so that they can feel safe where they are. Feel better. And feel better. This is always ego at play. Mm. Anytime ego likes to, to point judgment mm. at other people, mm-hmm. sometimes better even. Yeah, yeah. Um, or worse, mm. or right, or mm. wrong, good or bad. Mm. It's just labels. labels, label, label, yeah. label, label, label. As soon as you put the label over there, it gives you justification for mm. why you do what you do. Yes. And oftentimes, like you said, this is the non-evolving, stuck, sometimes unfit, if not most mm. of the time, unfit, unhappy yeah. surfer who is just projecting their unhappiness on judging other people. Yeah. It's the thousand knobheads thing, isn't it? No, Liam, tell the listeners, what is the thousand knobheads thing? This is great. I remember you telling me this years ago. I love this. I've got to be careful because I've interviewed a lot of people over my over the years. And uh, one thing I always found was that, and this doesn't apply to everybody, but there's a sort of pattern in those people that have often had lots and lots of jobs and the, the excuses are always the same in a way. It was mm. this person, it was that person, it was somebody here I didn't like, it was somebody. and that's fine. Everybody has those moments, you know. And, uh, you know, I think it might have even been my dad I was speaking to about this. but. You say that if you meet a couple of knobheads, then you've met a couple of knobheads. But if you meet a thousand knobheads, or if you think everybody's a knobhead, then you're the you're the dick. That's the test. I don't want to sort of level judge, but I always thought that was a really great way of looking at it. If you're labelling everybody else as being a dick, then maybe have a little look in the mirror. It's really good. And I think that's what's interesting is that would someone who's in that category look at yourself? Because mm. apparently everyone's a knobhead. Mm. Would they be likely mm. to have the possibly humility, mm. self-awareness and interest mm. in even clicking on a podcast like this in the first place? Probably not. I don't know. Maybe. So because the thing is, is that when you're already on that journey of yeah. self-awareness where you can notice how yeah. you, you can judge people, yeah. you're in the mindfulness journey. That's why you've clicked on this. Yeah. Now, in the rare event, someone who's totally yeah. unaware of their own yeah. mind clicks on this podcast yeah. well it's by saying, virtue of them not being aware of their own mind they're probably not even aware of how often they judge people in the first place do you know what i mean they're currently saying i've listened to these two knobheads <laughs> well, well oh, definitely oh, me yeah. yeah liam's what far too nice yeah, to yeah. Be a knobhead, but i'll call, I'll call <laughs> myself a knobhead but it's true I, you know i think there are people who are it's an awareness thing isn't it and i'm mm. saying it completely from the point of view that i slip into that sometimes nobody is without sin in all of this stuff right so it's all about learning. And I'm the same, you know, I have to check myself. And think, oh, okay, come on. And it also doesn't have to be so, like I say, so serious. You know, it's not about being this big, happy, clappy, lovey-dovey sort of, there's no fun to be poked at the right people. But it's just not having, but making that inclusive. It's not, do you know what I mean? I know, I, honestly, Liam, when you're poking fun yeah. at people, yeah. just in it as a general rule, if it comes from 
lightness, yes, it comes with a lighter energy. Yeah, it gets received mm. well, and it gets bantered with, and mm. it's it just there's a flow to it. What I found with people's sense of humour is if it feels like it's kind of um, trying to bring someone down, mm. it just comes from a bit of a weird place. And you, mm. we can pick this up, can't we, as humans? We're mm. quite intuitive in that way when someone's mm. just being... And for some reason, it just feels a bit just a bit wrong. It feels a bit judgmental. Yes. Yeah. Whereas some people can tell a joke and be mm. a certain way. And it can mm. be, you can just sense it's coming from lightness. Yeah. And maybe even just, you know, following it up with, and of course, I'm not being serious. Yeah, and just yeah. kind of, or even poking at yourself. Yes. Yeah, I think self-deprecation is always a fantastic get-out card, good, isn't it? Good starting point, yeah. Self-deprecation. I know for one, I mean, 100% mm-hmm. that there are people in this world who find Will Foster annoying to surf with. Mm-hmm. I know that because I'm a surfer and I'm alive. Mm. If we are here, we're live, we're surfing, we're doing our mm. thing, and we're in that bracket of extreme. And, and by the way, I'm trying to say, someone is guaranteed to find you annoying in the surf. What I am trying to say is that in relation to C, you've got the ultra competitive Mm. and then you've got the sort of ultra. I am definitely up that end of ultra competitive. Like, and and I don't mean competitive, like I want to surf better than other people, Mm. more so competitive with myself and how many waves I can catch, how I can surf them. I do want to get, Yes, I've been, on the rece- them- I've been on the receiving end of this, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Liam's about to tell me, Listeners. actually, mate, our surf relationship is is over. I need to tell you something. I'm breaking up with you. You're really annoying yes. to surf with. I've had a call from Kelly and, uh, you know, he, I'm his caddy. <laughs> now I'm jealous. Uh, sorry, I'm replacing you. Now, now I'm jealous. Yeah. But no, I know, I know for sure yeah. that... I would be annoying to people. I think that what I've gotten better at, I'm not perfect at, but mm. what I'm getting better at and mm. have got better at yeah. is being more mindful of when I'm really just snaking loads, mm-hmm. encroaching, dropping in, and just becoming very, very mindful of mm. that and and wanting to be the kind of surfer that I want mm-hmm. to surf with. It's like be the change you want to see in the world. Mm-hmm. And, and and if you want other surfers to be mindful of your session, mm. then be mindful of your own. Mm. I'm not perfect at that, but I'm getting so much better. And I And I... When I'm out there and I've noticed that I've kind of, because of what the paddle fitness kind of paddle around someone, mm-hmm. I will catch myself. Not always, but I will catch mm-hmm. myself a lot in a session and look back at that person. And then if they're in the right space for the peak, let them take the wave. Even if I look like I'm kind of behind them, mm-hmm. if that makes that's what yeah. snaking is. You're kind yeah. of snaking around to the you, peak you, again. You heard it here first, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I've now got to keep myself accountable to yeah, that, haven't I? Will, you'll find that you are snaking again. <laughs> This is where a lot of the boys message in, like, do not listen to this guy. He is lying. <laughs> but no, I've got to be really honest. I think so much of this, why we want to do this podcast is being honest. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm mm. really not. All I'm talking about is how I'm so much more aware of it today. And it makes you happier or totally. I feel have this gratitude for what dude, we have. When I'm mindful of how I'm being in the ocean and therefore how I can be somewhat more compassionate mm. with my fellow surfer, I feel happier for it. Mm. Really genuinely, it may seem, like you said, a bit airy-fairy, mm, a bit happy-clappy, mm. but I do, I do feel mm. much better for it. Mm. Even to the degree where I almost sometimes force it. Mm-hmm. I force kindness on others like, mm. oh, how's your session going, mate? And, mm. you know, you go for the next mm. wave and whatever, even mm. when someone doesn't really want to talk to me. Yeah. So that maybe is going too extreme to the other way. Like I really am trying to force happiness on other people in the ocean, which I know I do unconsciously at times. But yeah, I know that I can be in that bracket. Mm. Basically, I'm just following your lead on this kind of sh- stuff, mate. Well, there we go. When it comes to paddle being fitness. And- <laughs> <laughs> so it is about a bit of self-awareness, isn't it? Self-reflection. I think it's finding where that joy is, where the joy is. And for me, that's coming back to that acceptance, gratitude, some of the mindful practices. Your 
health, it's mental health, isn't it, in a better mm. place? And um, I put a link. I went to a great talk with a guy who started an app called Fico, and they do a lot of work in universities and, and, and kind of sports teams now that's really focusing on um, mental health and saying that mental health is not a we have so many negative connotations. Yes. If somebody says mental health, yes. you think of holding your head and being ill. Whereas physical health, if we talk about physical health, is images of great bodies and strong men and fit people. He talked a lot at the talk about this kind of gratitude. And uh, I think you know uh, Sean Aker, is it? Is it Sean Aker? Sean Aker. That kind of idea. Pegged a lot of stuff on, on that. And we'll put a bit in guy. the show notes to his yeah. book, The Happiness Advantage. Yeah. Great book. This guy talking a lot about this idea that you just got to you know find that gratitude and that acceptance as well and not label certain things in certain ways or lose awareness of what it is you're looking at uh looking for um we'll put a link to his app as well actually fantastic good and some some notes about the talk but it was it was fantastic fantastic but but the point is about just having self being aware of it yourself and that's the the kind of path i guess that i'm taking with this show and this podcast as well as as you are it's fantastic dude i think it's this thing where no matter where you're at in your surfing there will always be, especially, I mean, mm. in a humble character, and let's be honest, what is humility? Humility is honesty. Mm. In a human who is self-honest, mm. there is always going to be something about your surfing mm. and life that mm. could get better, progress, get calmer, mm. a bit more loving, mm. slightly more accepting, etc., etc. And this, therefore, is why, you know, enlightenment is a myth and it shouldn't be aimed at because mm. we're human in the end. We're human beings. But certainly, how can you continue to grow in awareness mm. of how you operate in life and in the water, etc.? Mm. And I love this saying, and it really relates to being a surfer and, and living this life, which is don't get in your own way. So often we find ourselves getting in our own way. You know, we go in the ocean with a negative mindset that stops us being able to actually enjoy the ocean. We sometimes find ourselves getting frustrated with, with loved ones. They block our surfing opportunities and whatever. Mm-hmm. Etc. 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 There's so many times where we get stressed about our surfing when it is us that is doing mm. it to ourselves, yes. and we don't even know that we're doing it. So why Liam and I are here is to raise your awareness and just get you kind of going. Wow, actually, you know what? If I really became aware of this, I don't have to get annoyed about that. I don't have to get frustrated about this. There is another way, and it's a deep breath, exhalation, a meditative practice in just being aware of your own mind, your own tendencies letting it go and realizing that you can be a really mindful surfer if you just Mm -hmm. declare that you're willing to become aware and continue to be aware of your own mind. Mm -hmm. So listen, dude, let's leave it on that. That was another fantastic show. Liam, thank you. Do you want me to leave it on a point break quote? Can you please? (laughs) That's 100%. Without being too facetious about it. Number one on on this site that we'll put is the quote, you can't just call time out and stroll on into the beach if you don't like the way things are going. (gasps) But I actually think you can. Whoa. Instead of just saying maybe you can just call time out and stroll onto the beach if you don't like the way things are going. Oh, nice. Very (laughs) nice way of finishing it. Good work, Liam. And then next week, we're going to talk about what are the five key traits, not key traits, what are the... (laughs) I'm a kook. No. What are the five traits of a real kook, a mm. true kook, mm. and how to not become mm. a true kook? Because a true kook is something way beyond ability that we'll talk about uh, next week. Yeah. And well, until then, see ya. Liam, fantastic. Bye. See you guys. Bye bye.